We're going to continue here now. We're going to jump into God's Word. Uh, so if you have a Bible or a Bible app, you can turn to John, the Gospel of John. It's a, it's a book in the second half of your Bible, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We have Bibles underneath the chairs in front of you. If you'd like to follow along, let me just say, like, if you don't have a Bible and you need a Bible, it's yours. Just take that Bible and, uh, and, and, and get to know Jesus uh, through the word of God there. John chapter 16. I'm going to be reading verses 25 through 33, but our focus is going to be on verses 29 through 33. We've been walking through the book of John here, just seeing who is Jesus And the theme here through the book of John, the gospel of John, is he's light in our our darkness. Today's message, today's uh, 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 teaching from Jesus is going to hit right on the head in terms of how he is light in our darkness. He, He is overcoming, has overcome, and gives to us his overcoming power and and strength. As you're turning there, I want to start, though, with a completely separate kind of story here, setting things up here. Uh, we had the privilege of going to family camp. We had a few families go to family camp in the summer. Who, who, who's in the house with the family camp? Yes, we had the Places and the Velimas and the, and the, the Hessmans and, and somebody else. I can't remember who it was. Oh, it was us. Yes, we were the other ones. Okay. We've had some good talk already of people wanting to go to family camp. You'll be here. Look forward to more. We'll send some dates out next July. And we'd love to take more families up to Shamanaw. There's so many great things to do at Shamanaw. And uh, one of the things that uh, uh, Ian and I, uh, we like climbing. Ian's really getting into climbing. They have this thing called the pamper pole. I just, I did not plan on talking about this, but it's great. The pamper pole is this like wooden, like it's like a tree that's been carved out into it's got some holes and you climb to the top and you stand on top it's called the pamper pull because if you actually make it to the top and you stand up you might need pampers so then once you stand up there's this trapeze bar and you jump out to grab this and try to grab onto it and if you do grab onto it you're supposed to do pull-ups yeah oh it's legit it's awesome it is awesome so uh um yeah i did it and and i did 11 pull-ups and, uh, and Ian did it and he did like 15. So yes, yes. It's a season of celebrating, you know, your son going well beyond you and being better, better than you at everything. <clears throat> How do you get down? So yeah, you have a harness, right? You have a harness and your ropes so that you're safe. So, it, it, and, and that's a really significant deal, right? Well, one of the things that Ian and I did, I'm going to share a video with you. We did, a, we did a race of a climbing wall. And uh, I'm just going to let you watch it. Who do you suppose is going to win? I mean, how many of you actually wanted me to win? Yeah, nobody. Let's be honest, right? Nobody wanted me to win. You were all going for Ian. Well, we were, as you can see, we're speed racing up the wall there. And uh, uh, I, I would not normally do that. I mean, I like, 
I'm a risky guy. Many of you know I'm a high-energy, high-intensity, adrenaline junkie kind of a guy. But I wouldn't have done that if I didn't have that harness on and that rope and someone belaying me. Right? I, like, m- many of you wouldn't even touch that wall if you didn't. Eat. Many of you, even if you have the ropes on and the harness on, you're still not going to touch the wall. Let's be honest. Right? But there's something about that security of knowing that I'm being held. And that even though like, I'm going fast, both Ian and I are going fast, we're trying to go up the wall. I, I, we did that before, and we switched sides. You slip, and you miss a mold, and you, and you lose your grip, and, you, and you're going to fall. But you know, I wasn't concerned about that. Because I was held. I knew that no matter if I slipped, if I fell, if I got knocked off, if Ian somehow accidentally grabbed my ankle and pulled me down accidentally I'd still be secure because I was held because I had a force I had a power outside of me that secured me and my victory in today's passage we're going to we're going to see that truth Jesus unpacks unpacks for us as he explains how he has overcome for us. Can you imagine? Just think about approaching life with the sense of security, with a sense of, of, of strength, knowing that even if I fall, even if something knocks me off, I'm secure. Think about how that changes your life. When, 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 when you know and you believe That no matter what comes my way, it ultimately can't harm me. No matter what happens, I'm secure. Consider how that might change you. It might change things for you. Because Jesus has overcome the world, he enables us to overcome in this world. Let's jump into God's word here. John 16, 25 through 33. I've said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me. And have believed that I came from the God. I came from the Father. And I've come into the world. And now I'm leaving the world. And going to the Father. His disciples said. Ah. Now you're speaking plainly. And not using figures of speech. Now we know that you know all things. And do not indeed. Do not need anyone. To question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world, in the world, you will have tribulation, trouble, affliction, But take heart, I have overcome the world. Let's turn to the Spirit of God here as we receive his word. Holy Spirit, 
we need you to open our hearts and our, our minds to your truth. Lord, to encounter you, Jesus, that you have overcome. And, 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 and Lord, we don't want empty optimism. We don't want empty positivity. We don't, we don't, Lord, we also don't want to be just numb, Lord, to these, what it feels like or appears like abstract truths, but they are profound realities for us now through you, through the cross and the grave, Jesus. So Spirit, we just come to you at this moment to do what we cannot do. You might make your word alive and turn the light bulb on, Lord God, in our hearts and our minds. In your name we pray. Amen. Jesus is finishing up here. His final words to his disciples. His last teaching. Next week as we get into the rest of, of, uh, of John here. In John chapter 17. It's a very special prayer that Jesus prays. For all followers of Jesus. I'm really excited about digging into chapter 17. But here Jesus finishes his teaching. His final teaching to his disciples. Last week we unpacked this whole notion of praying in the name of Jesus. What does this mean? How do we understand it? How, how do we do it? And Jesus now, with, as he sums up and summarizes his, his inspirational final teachings here to his disciples... He'd explained to them that he had been speaking in figures of speech and that they would eventually understand him. In verse 29, the disciples, the disciples expressed together, oh, we get it now. We get it. We totally understand. And now we believe. We believe that you're the son of God because we, we totally understand it. And, and we get it, Jesus. And have you ever had those moments where you're listening to somebody and they talk about something and you really don't have a clue what they're saying, but you're like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, oh, yeah, yeah, mm. you just nod and maybe affirm and like you know what they're talking about, but you really don't know what they're talking about, but you're ashamed to just say, can you, can you explain that? I, I don't have a clue what that means. Can you, can you, have you ever done that before? If you, if if, you, if you're not acknowledging that you've done that before, then you're lying. Because we've all done that at some point in time in some kind of conversation. And the disciples are in that kind of a moment saying, oh, we get it. Yeah, Jesus, we totally understand everything that you're saying right now. We believe. We are in. We are all in, Jesus. Of course, Jesus knows, knows their hearts. His response here, do you believe is 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 kind of sarcastic kind of a, a pointing to their hearts of really you you really you think you believe here's the deal in about an hour from now you're going to be tested i'm going to be arrested i'm going to be taken away and your faithfulness your belief that i'm the king that i'm the messiah I'm the savior. You're going to abandon that. You're going to abandon me. You're going to all run away out of self-preservation. You think you believe? I, I, I know better. 
and I still love you for it. The teaching that Jesus goes into in terms of explaining, I've said these things to you that may have peace and, and take heart in this tribulation. I've overcome the world is such good word to us because Jesus already knows his disciples. They're going to fall away. They're going to fail. They're going to leave him in just an hour. After he's given him them these deep truths of his power and he's going to live in them through the Holy Spirit, he's overcoming. He's going to see, you're going to see me again. And, and of course, they don't have the categories. They don't understand that he's going to die and he's going to be raised to life. But, but he's explaining to them. He's given all these assurances. Listen, I've got a plan. I'm telling you this in advance because it's not going to make sense. Trust me. And us and our belief, oftentimes our belief, our faith is in our faith and our faith isn't in Jesus. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did you catch that? Oftentimes our faith is like, I feel good, like I feel confident in you, Jesus. Our faith is in our faith and not in Jesus Christ himself. We need to repent of that. And we know that when the trials and tribulations come to test the, the, the sufferings, the difficulties in this life come, when we're like, oh, I don't feel Jesus. Oh, I, I'm not experiencing his presence. Or things aren't going my way, so he can't be, he must not be. He, he's failed me. We just turn towards self-preservation, selfishness, self-centeredness. We go to our default And even when we do, Jesus' love doesn't doesn't cease. His grace isn't dependent on your faithfulness. His kingdom isn't dependent. On our perseverance, on our strength, On our faithfulness, God is faithful. We are not. And he will be faithful even in our faithlessness. And that is good news, friends. You and I fall or we get knocked off. He's not done with you. And his mission doesn't stop with you. And that's good news. He knows you and I are going to fail and fall. The question is, is if, we're at, if we look to him, if we will look to him and not look to ourselves. Those who are true followers of Jesus, at some point in time, in your failing, in your falling, in your darkness, we look back to him. Those of us who are just living in our own strength, who are not saved, and we're just doing our own thing, and we're just following ourselves. And, and we may be a churchgoer, but we're not a follower of Jesus Christ. And there's a difference. And we look to Jesus. We trust in Jesus. He is faithful. So Jesus, knowing his disciples, not just his disciples then, but us today, he knows that we're going to fail, we're going to fall But his promise endures of victory and peace, even though we do. And so he continues on to explain these profound truths and this conclusion and wrapping up his message here. I have said these things, verse 33, I have said these things to you that you may have peace. 
we can't, we can't just move too quickly beyond the, I've said these things to, you may have peace. The peace of God that he offers you and I in this life, in the midst of the sufferings, the unexpected traumas and tragedies, personally, collectively, <clears throat> the stresses and, and difficulties that we face, pain and suffering, conflict, rejection, whatever it may be, his peace isn't some escape from the problems of this world. His peace isn't some medication that numbs us to the trials of this world. It's not a trip he takes us on. It's a peace. It's a peace in the midst of our pain. It's a peace in the midst of the darkness that we cannot see even tomorrow. This peace is rooted in truth. It's a reasonable peace. I have said these things. These things that Jesus has said is what predicates, is what our peace is built on. There's, there's foundation. There's, there's something that is true, that endures, no matter what our conditions are, our circumstances are, no matter what our internal uh, emotional well-being is, because all those things change. We may be depressed. We may be elated with joys, with, with happiness of circumstances in life. We may have trials and struggles. All those things change inside us, outside of us. But we need something enduring, rooted, that is unshakable. And that's the things that Jesus is talking about. These truths. And we're not going to go back and walk through uh, uh, in detail. But I'm just going to say, Jesus shared with his disciples, I'm going to the Father. You see, what that means, that truth of I'm going to the Father, means I conquered death here and now. Him going to the Father was by means of the cross. Where he conquers our sin. He conquers death. He conquers the slavery to to satanic, demonic, evil powers over us. That enslave us with fear that we live in the moment. We fear that this is all we have. And, and, and if we, if we're gonna, we're gonna lose things that, that are important to us in this life. And we have the threat that we can lose things that are important. We get anxious, right? It's something that's critically important and valuable and meaningful to us that can be taken from us. Our heart rate raises. Our brain cycles to try to preserve it. But when there's truth knowing and reminding us, I have conquered and there is nothing that can be taken from you. Ultimately in this life, there are things that can be, but the most significant things to you cannot be taken. I've secured you. I've secured your eternity. I'm going to the father. That's that securing for us. He remember that not just that, but I'm going to send my spirit because you're not going to be able to have the power to hold on to me. You're not going to be able to have the power to live for me. To lo- be in love relationship with me. You're going to always turn back to yourself. You're always going to turn inward. You're going to be ingrown. Think of an ingrown hair and it gets infected and pussy and, and disgusting. Like that's our 
bent on our life. I know, a great visual. You know, some of you are like, seriously, did you have to go there, Scott? That's our life. The spirit, I'm going to give you my spirit. I want to live in you. You are going to be my home. I'm going to make you alive. I want to live my life through you. You don't have the power to do it on your, you are helpless and you are hopeless. That's true outside of me, but in me, me in you, you're going to overcome. You need to know this truth, these things. I have said these things. And in addition, the world is going to hate you. This world, Jesus, Jesus is, is, is a realist. He doesn't sell us some snake oil that I'm going to make magically. Every, all your problems go away. You're never going to have problems. You're never going to get sick. You're never going to have trials and struggles. It's, uh, I've come that you may have life and abundantly. And that means that you're going you're gonna to be rich and healthy and wealthy and, and, and wise and all these things. You're going to have it all in this life. No, that's not what Jesus says. You're going to have pain. In fact, you're going to be hated. You're going to be rejected. The early Christians faced the threat, like, you're going to be eaten alive. You're going to be burned at the stake alive, crucified, beheaded, boiled. It's going to suck. It's going to be real bad. You're going to have conflict. Here's the deal. This world is not your home. This world is not the best life. Don't... Quit looking for this life to be your best life, to be heaven on earth. It ain't that because it's infected. It's infected with death and sin. It will never be that hope for heaven. It's through me. It's coming. and I can start it in your heart. These things I have told you that you may have peace. Friends, it, our peace is reasonable. Our peace is based on truth. In fact, it's not some kind of drug or an experience. It's Jesus Christ. It's the truths in his word. If we are not grounded in Jesus, in his truths, then we are going to be pulled and sucked as discouragement and darkness comes in. And we're going to get into our heads and we're going to get in and be sucked into the lies of the darkness and discouragement and anxieties and selfishness. We're going to get pulled into that. That's what happens to every human being. We've got to fight to cling to the truth. We've got to take hold of the truth and ground ourselves in the truth ourselves. That's why he says, abide in John 15. You've got to abide, root yourself in me, soak in me. You've got to cling to me because you're going you're gonna to be drawn away. I've told you these things that you may have peace. Abide, soak in these truths. Soak in me. One final truth that Jesus gives them. Summarizing so much. In this world, in the world, you will have tribulation or affliction or suffering. There's a lot of different translations for that. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. 
I don't even know if I need to add to that. That's just power right there, right? You just receive that. You take that in. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble. And it's going to look a lot of different ways. You're going to have trouble. You may slip. You may fall. It may knock you off. But you take heart. I've overcome. I've overcome. I'm not going to let you go. In this world, Jesus uses the word world, and John captures it, and, and, and he means something specific. It's not just talking about in the globe called the earth, in the orb called earth. He's talking about this phenomenon of this creation that's been in, infected by death and sin. It is disordered. It's filled with chaos. Every aspect of this current existence has been infected. And so there is this sense of it is in rebellion against God. Nations, institutions, us, all of us, we're infected by sin. We have a problem. We're part of the world. Unless we have been saved through Jesus Christ from it. I used the illustration weeks back about Star Wars and and the world is like the empire. And those who follow Jesus are part of the rebellion. We know who the true king is. And the empire is is established to serve itself and selfish, self-centered purposes. And establish any other God than the one true God. In this world... Is broken. Not just the people, but even the created order. We have disasters and natural disasters, and we have this phenomenon called entropy, and everything tends towards chaos and decay and breaking down. In this world, you will have trouble. This is the create this this is the, the current order. There's so much. I can't tell you, friends, how much of our struggles are, 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 are come from false or wrong expectations of what we should get in this life. So many people's struggles with the sufferings and, and the evils and injustices of this life come from this uh, a very faulty presupposition of what this life is, should be like and what we're entitled to in this life. If we don't have a right understanding of what this world is and what's going on in this world and the problems in this world and the sources of those problems, if we don't have a right understanding of that, then we won't have a right understanding of God and who he is and what he's going to do and what he is doing. More often than not, we want Santa Claus than we want Jesus Christ. In this world, you will have trouble. We're not talking about inconveniences here. We're talking about real, real, raw suffering. It may be things that are done to you by other people. It may be significant losses in your life. Poverty. Sickness. Discouragement. Mental health struggles. 
It may be direct attacks explicitly right about your faith, about your trust in Jesus Christ. It may be subtle. This is real. And, and, and this is part of, where do these come from? The source of this evil in this world, the sin in this world. And God is working in the midst of all these things to redeem. Redeem this brokenness. Redeem these troubles and tribulations. That's the beauty of the cross where he shows the darkest, the, the, uh, the, the most evil, the, the, the hellish things of this world. Jesus can transform for his glory and for our good. Your sufferings in this life, our sufferings in this life, don't merely stop and end with our loss and darkness. But there is hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because he overcomes in this world, because he's overcome this world. He he crushed Satan on the cross through his death. Crushing the power of death that the enemy uses to keep us like puppets. Using death as this, this fear of like, this is our only life. I got to get what I can now. I got to live for the moment. That's how Satan works. You got to live for you. You're, you're going to be, what, what's good for you is going to be taken from you. He uses the fear of death to, to hold us in slavery. Sin, he conquers sin. He sets us free from our own self-centeredness and pride. He conquered that on the cross because he became sin. We deserve hell for our sin, but he became our sin. He took it all on himself to die in our place. He conquers our sin so that when he lives in you, you're not a slave to sin anymore. You can choose love. You can choose hope. You can choose joy. You're not a slave to darkness. In Jesus overcoming Death is not the end. Think about just how powerful that is. Most of you here are followers of Jesus Christ. And you know this hope. Because if there's more than this life, they automatically insist there's something better. It's coming. What is what is best? What is what we were intended for? It's coming. It's coming. You know the, the instinctive, intuitive goodness joy and hope that comes with that longing that there is something better there's more to this life when jesus says though he overcomes it's not just that the death is conquered and there's heaven that that the death is just a doorway and a threshold to to glory but his overcoming is meaningful in this moment here and now it's not just you know when you could just wait it out just gut it out and 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 if, and we're gonna get there And his overcoming is for now. There's not just more than this life. There's more to this life because Jesus is overcome. You don't have to live for yourself anymore. Because we don't live for ourselves, there's a mission that you and all have been brought into. We have purpose. We have value. We have meaning. And and, and that is to, to create a community of love. For people to be transformed around us. It's not about you. If we've been overcome with Jesus, this life is no longer just about us. 
In fact, that's the problem. That's when the darkness comes. That's when we get overcome. That's when we get helpless and hopeless because it's all about me and I have to do it and I'm alone. No. What oftentimes happens when we, <clears throat> we begin to just kind of take this in, I've overcome, Jesus has overcome it for me. One, one thing that happens in American Christianity as well, because we're so prosperous, friends, we got to deal with this. Is this there, there's this sense of entitlement that we can lose the significance of, of Jesus now, of overcoming now, of being alive now. We, we just exist for our comfort and our pleasure. Because we have, we have the, the privilege in America to have so much prosperity, so much, so much privilege, so much comfort here. When COVID-19 hit, it rattled our world. It, it hit everywhere in the world. And all of a sudden, uncertainty was inserted into our lives. That's where 75% of the world lives every day is with uncertainty. They don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Children giving birth, that's not guaranteed. Living, living a good old age, being able to have a home, having food tomorrow, not guaranteed. But you and I, we live in such a prosperous nation. And what that happens to us in our faith in Jesus Christ is when we take in this whole concept, he's overcome, it's already done. It's like, okay, good, I can just coast. I just secure my comfort. Like, hey, I just help me find my rut. I just want to find my rut and just want to like, just coast. And I just want to, like, there's comfort in the rut, right? Just don't mess with my rut. Don't get me out of my ruts. That's not overcoming, friends. That's not, that's not why Jesus overcame. It's for you to get stuck in a rut. Not for your comfort in this life. He promised you problems. The thing is, is when we're secure in Christ, just like climbing, there were, we, we, Ian and I are racing up that wall. If we truly believe this and we're secured in Jesus Christ, we know he's already, he's already set the ropes. He's already conquered the mountain. He, he, he is the one who's belaying us. He's, he's got us in the ropes. We're in the harness with him. Nothing, 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 even if we fall or fail, can, can take us away. From his love. Nothing. And we understand that he's conquered for us. It's that motivation that we want to get back on that wall. And we're going to keep climbing. No matter if we fall off. If we get knocked off by the circumstances in this life. We want to overcome with him. We want to fulfill his purposes and his mission. We don't want to just exist to just get by. We're going to take risks for the kingdom. Because we know we can't, nothing can be taken from us. Friends, let it sink in. If that grips us, nothing can be taken from you and I. In all things, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord in Romans 8. That's good news, amen? Amen. I'm going to end here with the story of Mandisa. She's a, a, a musical artist. Some of you have probably heard the song Overcomer. You heard the song Overcomer? 
I'm not a big fan of kind of the style of music. A little bit, little bit uh, more to you know Zumba e and and uh, not quite my style of music. But it's a great message, and it hits on this truth here, what we're talking about. And, and what's even more powerful is what's behind the song. And Mandisa wrote this song particularly for a friend um, who was battling with, with breast cancer. She was pregnant, battling with breast cancer. Her name was Keisha. And she saw Keisha be able to work through that and initially overcome first round with the cancer. And she was inspired by Keisha's story, her good friend, her faith in Christ, and just other stories as well uh, of not, not, not giving in uh, to the darkness, but, 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 but turning to Jesus and, 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 and being strengthened by him and, and, and being resilient in the midst of traumas and, and trials in this life. And, 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 and so she wrote this song, Overcomer. I'm not sure how long after the song came out it was, but her friend Keisha died. Her whole inspiration initially for this song. And she was gone. Mandisa, her expectations and reality, they didn't line up of who God is and, and what he was supposed to do. And she was supposed to be healed and, and to overcome meant she was going to be healed in this life. And, and, and she went into an, an, a deep, deep grief and depression. And she just turned inward. You know, right? You've experienced that, right? And her mind and her heart became a prison. And she just went deeper and deeper into darkness. To the point where she became suicidal. And began to make an attempt on her life. But was arrested by God. She needed to experience. The overcoming power of Jesus. In her darkness. It wasn't about her strength. It wasn't about her circumstances changing. As she continues to fight with mental health issues. But it was Christ in her. This Christ power overcoming her, not changing her circumstances, but changing her. Not, not, not changing her, her, her mental health so she would feel better. The war and the, and the storm still rages, but she was standing on tr- Jesus Christ, on the truth. And on the finished work of Jesus on the cross, secured on the unchanging truth. Because Christ is overcome, we, in him, if we are in him, we can overcome. Friends, if you have not come under Jesus, if you've not surrendered to Christ, if you're just playing the game and just showing up, but you have not experienced Jesus in you, friends, you're going to continue to struggle and be overcome But Christ has more for you. 
He wants you. He loves you. He pursues you today. If, if, if you've not surrendered to Christ, come today and surrender and let Christ live in you and overcome with him. I'm going to, I'm going to play Mandisa's song here at the close. I'm going to have the worship team um, and grace kids come up afterwards um, to do their memory of song. But I just want you to meditate on the truths that we've talked about. Because Christ has overcome, we can overcome in this life. Go ahead.
and overcomer. Amen?